What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Guys, welcome to another episode. Super happy to have you, and we're gonna start first with a fan shout out. So if you haven't left a review yet, hop over on to the podcast app and you can leave that there and we might just we, we just might we might just we just might read your review but uh, we appreciate those guys and honestly the reason why we have you leave those reviews is because the more reviews that we have the more people can find the content in this uh, in this podcast well, and i just it's it's just i like reading it it makes me feel good yeah like, that's to true hear too. about healing to, i mean it's kind of the way really the way we get paid more than anything awesome. that's true it's true we yeah. get paid in, in thank yous yeah, yeah. totally thank you, do thank okay so this is uh this is called addicted to the podcast <laughs> to addicted to this podcast my addiction to this podcast is a good thing right oh, yeah. my husband and i have been listening to this every free second we get and soaking up everything it's helped us dig out hard feelings find hope and put us on the right path we are also patrons on patreon and are finding so much hope and healing we still have a long road ahead of us, but I'm so grateful for the insights, information these three have provided. Thank you, Ashlyn, Kobe, and Brandon, for your time and knowledge and your love and hope that we can feel through these podcasts. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you can feel that. Because it is there. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. We appreciate that. That's, that's exactly why we do this. And we're fighting for recovery. I mean, really. Like, we are fighting. Everybody who's listening, we're fighting for your recovery in any way that we can help, right? So I hope you can feel that. That's what we're trying to do. And I wanted to say welcome. If this is your first episode, welcome, welcome. And we're happy to have you. And there is a lot of safety here because with a podcast, no one knows you're listening or subscribed. Um, there's It can't be visible is what you're saying anywhere. Right. It's anonymous. anonymous. Right, yeah. right. But I do want to say, Ashlyn was. She said she was going to say that to you guys. And I want to say that addiction thrives in the dark, um, and when you bring bring things up into the light, it kills the shame around it. So yes, you're safe here, and if it's your first time, then just know that you're safe listening. But if you get healthy, um, then you're going to start to be a little more open. You're going to start to be a little more vulnerable. And, and and the shame around the addiction, around the betrayal, it won't hurt you anymore. And so if somebody does find out that you're listening to this, good, right? You're still good. You're still okay. Absolutely. So. And uh, we, Kobe and I, we share, because years ago this was something that Kobe felt like he never could conquer. And so it's not meant for everyone to share like we do. You don't have to go and be on a podcast no. and be vulnerable that way. I think some of the most valuable ways of being vulnerable is with those around you who confide, like the people you know. It might be talking to your brother, your roommate, um, just your, your, your family. Um, but, but, but you get to that place where you can be open. And, right. and, and somebody finding out isn't that terrifying. Because right. I promise, Kobe and I, we felt that. Oh yeah, <laughs> we you just, were there. We then. lived in that shame and darkness for so long. I can't. I would have never ever imagined. Here we are doing a podcast for the world. Right. It's cuckoo. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. Um, just keep doing your work, and you'll get there for sure. And uh, last thing is this: is that in as much as this podcast is kind of narrated 
with us. We're, we're sharing our experiences um, both in the clinic, in the office, but also in real life as well. And, and, and I promise this is like this. A lot of times I, I swear that we get more out of this than anybody else does because it gives us the ability to connect dots with our own experience and reflect. And some of those experiences are so important for me, for us. But this is all about you. If you're listening to this, no matter if you are the betrayed or if you are the addicted or if you're working with someone who is either one or you're, or you're in a position of trying to be a support person, this is about what you get. This podcast is not about us. It's about you finding hope that healing really is possible because we never, as Ashley alluded to, like we never thought it was possible to be able to heal from this. So if it's possible for us, it's possible for you. I, I assure you. Yes. So let's talk about one of the important things to, to do or to learn or to master um, for recovery. And this, this is so important, and I love this topic so much. Um, but we're going to talk about your body today. So um, what your body does and, and what, how you can use tapping into what's going on with your body in so many different ways in recovery. So a um, couple of things that just come to mind off the top of my head first and foremost it's really important to be connected to your body so i'm potty training my three-year-old right now yeah buddy yeah that way and he's not really you know potty tra- i'm still changing i'm still smelling like poo a lot <laughs> <laughs> and what, what i'm noticing is he you know he wants to wear big boy pants and, uh, and and all that, and he wants like little treats and stuff, but he legitimately just is not connecting to his body. So he he's not ready to say, "Oh my gosh, something's happening in here," and I can choose to do something different than poop in my diaper, right? Right. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, you know, the more in tune we are to our body, the more connected we are to our body, the more it widens the gap between stimulus and response. So if... Uh, Wait, so that last, that last sentence again, please. The, the more connected we are to our body, the more it widens the gap between stimulus and response. So what I mean by that is if something happens to us or in our lives and we're disconnected from from ourselves, from our body's response to things, then we, we'll just react. We'll just do. And sometimes our behaviors aren't helpful or aren't good. So things like relapse happen or lashing out at your spouse or just whatever it is. Um, but the more mindful you are, this is about mindfulness, the more connected you are to your body, you it, it gives you great cues, clues of Oh my gosh, like I can notice that something's happening here. I can slow it down and I can choose a different behavior. Right? Is this yeah. your, your guys' experience? I almost wore a pin that said, slow your roll. I, I love I it. Worn yeah, it. that's super funny. I, I like this because um, the, the, the thought that's just pervasive in my head right now is um, from Brene Brown. And I you don't remember which book this, this is from. But she said, we can't selectively numb. When we choose to numb the hard feelings, then we also numb the easy feelings or the good feelings. And I spent, from, from, from childhood, I numbed hard stuff. I totally numbed hard stuff. And I didn't realize that that meant that I also numbed the good stuff and being able to not only give myself a minute to just enjoy what was good, but also to really appreciate what was good. And the older that I got, 
the weightier the life experiences that I had, right? The more emotionally significant or life significant they became, and the more I missed out on because I was because I was so numb. I think and that's key right there. The more you missed out on, yeah. right? We miss out on. I missed out on so much by by not feeling yeah. and not even listening to my body. I actually remember I just had not just I had um, a second spinal fusion. Interesting. Totally. Eleven months ago, and I had been in chronic pain every single day for probably nine years. Yeah. Really heavy the last three. Yeah. And so when I had the surgery and started to really heal, I remember going to therapy at Amy's. Yeah. And she said, um, she started noticing like you're feeling more, you're physically noticing your body different. And she attributed it to you were so numbed out on how your body felt because it hurt so like, bad. Like disconnected. Yes, I had disconnected. Because you had to be. Yeah, to get from like that an pain. early, early age. And so to not feel that pain on a daily, all of a sudden I could feel like, oh, I'm a little bit sore here. Maybe I should rest or stretch or right, something. Right, right. Makes you wonder, you know, how much of our lives are spent um, trying not to live. You know, trying not to feel. Yeah. We, we, you, you talk about select, you know, numbing all of your emotions out and disconnecting from your body. You know, we watch TV, look at porn, eat, eat way too much food. Um, all of these things we're doing just to avoid actually feeling. Yeah. And stopping to connect into your body is the opposite of that. It's noticing the uncomfortableness, noticing the things that your body's saying, hey, this isn't working. This, and, and, and instead of, you know, if I'm, if I'm tired in the afternoon and I, and I hurry and I run out and I, I grab a, a monster or something, um, because that's my addiction, I'm numbing out what my body's actually telling me. Um, maybe what I, what I need to do to live in that moment is go take a nap. Right, mm-hmm. right? power nap. Yeah, but, but actually to connect into my body that says, yes, like this is, this is what will help you in this moment. So, so, question for you, Brandon. No. Because I don't think either of us realized we were disconnected or numb. I didn't. Did you? Oh, I for sure did. Had so, no idea. for those people who are listening who don't practice mindfulness, what do you even? How do you know that you're? Okay, so that's a great question. Um, you'll see symptoms of the the mindlessness or the I call it the deathless death, right? Um, you'll see symptoms of that. So you'll start gaining a lot of weight. Um, or losing a lot of weight, you'll you'll have fatigue, you'll get ulcers. Your your body will start to to scream out and say, "Look, like you're burying these emotions. I'm I'm responding and trying to tell you that things are going on here, but you're not doing anything with it. You're just numbing, and eventually your body shuts down. So so maybe you'll listen if you get sick or if you start if you to get depressed feel. enough or yeah. if you yeah, even even physical sickness. Yeah. I think I'll. A lot of times, it's from inflammation, right? And that inflammation is oftentimes caused from stress. And in that stress, your body is saying, yes, I, 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 I am stressed. Hey, hey, here I am, right? That headache you get every night, Same that's spot. stress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, stress, that, that shoulder pain that you get, your body's saying, hey, totally. like, listen. I remember doing um, EMDR and being able to, like, oh, yeah. I always feel it in the same shoulder, yeah. same part of my neck every time when I start to feel those feelings. Yeah, your body is, is speaking to you, Ashlyn, yeah. saying, hey, like, it, really, wake up here. And if you just disregard it, you know, one, one of the problems, addiction recovery or sobriety 
is all about pain tolerance. Um, it, it's it's being able to sit in pain. I concur yeah. to that. <laughs> but 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 there's a paradox here, and it's kind of confusing because one of the problems we have as as humans is we we get too good at at tolerating our pain. And if if we can listen to our body and it's saying, "Hey, I'm in pain," we'll we'll do something about it, and we won't tolerate it anymore. That's right? interesting because I used to be like, I have a high because I live in pain all the time, right? Yeah, but what was also really interesting about that too, actually, is is when Ashlyn was had those really hard days before she had you know her second her second surgery, when she had really hard days where she hurt, really like like extraordinarily so, she would work in a very like manual way where she would be hurting for like two, three days and I'd come home from work and see her like Weeding having worked like garden. four hours in the garden <laughs> bent over at the waist. Right? I was like, what What? What are you thinking? And she'd be like, deep cleaning the house. I'm like, baby, come on. We, we, we don't have to do this. You can like stop. It's like I wanted it to... I don't know. What was I doing, Brandon? Uh, <laughs> Besides being I crazy. You were yeah. avoiding listening to, to your body yeah. saying, hey, it's time to heal. Like, but then, oh, I right? heard. I should go hurt more. Yeah, like, yeah let exactly. me really go. Let me really yeah. disconnect from this. But I think what's really interesting about this, I was listening to um, Super Soul Conversations with Oprah, and she, oh, yeah. was, she was interviewing the author of The Conscious Parent. I think her name is Shirali. She's from India, but has practiced here in the U.S. for many years, and she said, um, if we don't listen to our children's whispers, then we will hear their roar. Like their totally roars. Fits, right? and, and, the, and the same thing applies to our to our to our if we bodies. Don't listen to our own. If we don't right. hear our bodies' whispers, then we will surely hear our bodies' roar. And a real life example of that yesterday for me was um, Ashland was on a call. I had to um, in the afternoon. I was I was um, cleaning the floors of the uh, the bathroom. So we just moved into a house. It's new. Super dirty, the the floors and stuff. So I've been like hand wiping, dirty. yeah, construction dirty. I've been hand wiping, like with Clark wipes, Clark's wipes the floors, uh, right? And um, I did one. I did the first one in the girls' bathroom, and then I was like, I didn't sleep last night, and I was awake for like two hours in the middle of the night. It totally sucked. And I'm like, I'm really feeling lightheaded and feeling a little like super tired right now. I'm gonna give myself permission to just go lay on Lucy's bed and close my eyes and just take a little power nap. And I legit only needed like 10 minutes. I don't know how much I actually slept, but I kind of woke up. I rested and I woke up and guess what? I was right as rain. Right. And and that was a little whisper versus me like hitting the wall and getting super Screaming. tired. And Ashley knows what it's like when I when I get really tired and then I get hungry. Then it's like a disaster <laughs> in our house. I'm like the little the, the grown up you know two year old just throwing a fit. Point is is like if we give ourselves and if we if we begin if we can become mindful of how our bodies whisper to us about various situations day to day, then we don't have to wait for a body. Our, our bodies to roar in protest. We can widen that gap, right, between stimulus and response, where you're, 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 something's triggering your body to say something's not okay. Yeah. And it, if if you if you if you don't deal with it, you're going to roar, right? You're going to just respond in a way that's not very very good, yeah. right? But if you do listen to that whisper, then you can react and you can choose where you want to go with what it's telling you. To be sure. But like hanger, that's a great example. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's it's you're angry because you're hungry, right? Um, if you stop and you recognize, hey, I'm hungry, and that's why I'm lashing out at, at my child right now. So you go make yourself a sandwich, and then you don't lash out at your kid anymore. Right. right? Well, and oh this gosh. is a principle my kids have even learned. 
they'll come, my seven, now eight-year-old will say, I am hungry. Like, I just was really mean, and I'm sorry. She's starting to learn that and make that connection. Um, Man, I wish I would have done that. I honestly, I think for me, a lot of cues from my body were embarrassing, uh, like crying. And Kobe knows this because early on in our marriage, if I cried during the movie or something, he's staring at me like, "Wait, she's crying! She's crying! I gotta see this for Ashlyn." And then it would just make me so mad mad. and embarrassed because I was—you were trying to hide that, yeah, those tears. But it's a cue saying your body's feeling, yeah, right, like yeah. So I'm to the women who or men who are betrayed and they are hurting, feel it, right? Um. It's okay. And this is, I don't know what you think about this, Brandon, but I'm a big believer of like, you cannot get through that pain and, and grieve that sorrow of this is my life and this sucks unless you grieve it. And so give yourself the only way through the 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever you need and say, I'm having a pity party. It's going to be, I did mine in the shower (laughs) because then Uh no one could hear my sobs Mm -hmm. and it was 15 minutes and then I was done. Right. Like, I got a life to live. I can still choose to have a happy day. Right. But I had my pity party. But in that pity party, what you were you were mindfully going to a place saying, I am sad. Yeah. And, and I cry in the shower, and I recognize that I am sad. It wasn't, I'm going to go pity party and, and amp up my victim, <laughs> right? And then just stay stuck in right. my emotions. It was release of those emotions. It was, right? it was a very good thing for me. And for me who's not a crier and always felt very embarrassed crying it was healing in in a lot of ways yeah so emotion regulation is is such an important part of recovery both for the betrayed and the addicted totally and you're not going to regulate your emotions unless you're mindful of your body and that was one of the hardest things for me to pay attention to honestly in starting all this is wait i number one is i feel just acknowledging the fact that i actually despite the fact that that i I wasn't just an optimist because I always thought, oh, I'm an optimist. Everything's fine. I actually did feel, and I felt really deeply, I just buried everything. I was numb, right? But then giving myself an opportunity to feel and using the feeling wheel was like, oh, my gosh, no way. But what I didn't realize was that my body really was whispering all of these emotions to me and was communicating to me what I was feeling before I actually consciously was aware of it. And that's taken, like, a lot of effort to understand like where I feel, um, where I feel shame. I was just weird. thinking maybe you could, uh, just a suggestion, but maybe you guys could break down the feeling wheel on on Patreon. Oh sure, yeah, and totally. Because you guys idea. talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. but then we don't tell you it. Is. Yeah, but <laughs> but I, I know it's been it was huge because it of what you just huge. said. Yeah, like it's that mindfulness piece of identifying your emotions. But the yeah. way way to get there is you look through what's happening with your body. Well, we had a call just before this with the people that we help with their health and fitness. And one of the ladies who's lost over 100 pounds, Mm -hmm. she's over 50, she said, this feeling wheel is changing things for me. She's already lost a ton of weight, right? Right. She's already had a lot of success. But now she's starting to find peace with weight and food and all of it, right? Because she said, I thought I felt, I thought I knew, like, I'm sad or I'm depressed. But you give me that feeling wheel and all of a sudden, boom. Right. No wonder I'm emotionally eating. Right. Yeah. She said last week that she was really depressed for uh, various reasons, but she's like, but I didn't emotionally eat. I didn't she numb with food in. because <laughs> she used mindful. the feeling wheel 
to understand exactly what Where was, she was, what at, was happening. She decided what her response would be. Exactly. Right, and yeah. I think that's the real, That's if, if there's a takeaway that I want each of you to, to walk away from this, this episode with is that your body's going to talk to you. It will whisper to you what you're feeling. And if you begin to identify the, the patterns and the norms without even realizing it, you can start identifying um, when you feel threatened, when you feel scared, when you feel hurt, when you feel shame, when you feel happy. So let's 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 talk about that a little bit uh, about like uh, everybody's different, but what correlates with what, right? Yeah. So if you have, let's say you have a lot of tension in your shoulders and your back, what could that be? Anxiety. Like, okay, so some fear, right? worry, worry, stress, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, it could be that, right? Um, headaches. Tired. Yeah, no. for, yeah, Tension. that's a big one for me, Ashlyn. I when get I'm headaches when I'm tired. I Do you? Yeah. Okay. So fatigue, yeah, yeah, tiredness, yeah. stress, right? There's a great book called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Oh. And, and what it does is it talks about, um, like, if you're experiencing certain physical symptoms, what emotions are behind ah. those physical symptoms. I need to read that. So, I love yeah. that. And I think it's super interesting, yeah. all of that. So, so common things that, that happen to us, um, you know, tension is, is a good one to look at. If you, if you experience things like restless leg syndrome, um, migraines, uh, muscle twitches, uh, crying, tears, that's right. o- an obvious emotional thing, right? And I could go on and on and on. Your body in so many ways whispers to us. Okay, right? so I remember going to a conference that I spoke at, and one of the speakers had the women it was a room full of women with betrayal trauma and he said raise your hand if you are currently suffering with a um, autoimmune autoimmune disease disease. like 90 percent yes so and and if you hop on so there's all kinds of resources online i used to have an autoimmune disease and if you hop on you look at the treatments and things you can get like steroids and things that will just kind of numb it out right but a big way to to uh, overcome an autoimmune disease is through mindfulness and lowering your stress in your life, learning how to manage those emotions better, and then your autoimmune disease gets better. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, you know, with the women that I work with, I would I should do a study because um, I would say all of them, to some degree, have some kind of sleep problem, insomnia, or waking up nightmares in the middle of the night, you know, that that fear is racing in their head, and um, sleep becomes a problem. Totally. So, um, yeah, so autoimmune disease, sleep issues, uh, all kinds of ways your body is kind of... Now, I would say if you got a full-blown autoimmune disease, your body's roaring roaring at that point. It's like, ah, help! Like, and it's starting to shut down. Start at your... Because not listening, to, so you're not listening, and you're not listening, and you're not listening, so it's starting to break down a little bit. But just in case someone's feeling like, oh my gosh, this is me, and I feel shame, and I feel like an idiot or whatever you're feeling, you're not alone. I just right. said a room full of women who are just like me raise their hand. Ninety percent were sick. Right, and the cool part about that is, is that that can become a manageable thing that that autoimmune disease or that issue that you're dealing with. If you be, if you put effort into the right places to connect with what your body is telling you, right, and, and what your mind Kobe is telling you, and I you. actually talked about this last night. I said, why is it that some guys continue to relapse, continue in so in such a long 
um, patch of recovery and um, what's the difference, right? Of guys who aren't and guys who are. And um, a lot of it was like the mindfulness of choosing to do our dailies every day and being super mindful of this is the life I want. When we started recovery, we had just began to do those healthy habits to start saying, hey, I'm taking control of this body. I'm not letting it just things happen to me anymore. And I'm going to control what I can. I love when I hear stories of of like beating a relapse and where a guy says something like, yeah, I, you know, Brandon, on Monday, I realized I was stressed at work because I had a headache. Um, I also was, was like wanting to shut down and take a nap. So I was stressed and and then I started getting triggered. I I felt these urges and I realized I have that because I'm stressed at work. So I went and I took care of that project at work and I delegated something else and it went away. Right. That's awesome. You see that relapse prevention? That's rad. Yeah. Connecting through his stress in his body. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that this whole thing is like, honestly, like a land of discovery. Like the the ability to listen to your body and what that actually really means, which is like you said, like the emotional regulation, like being able to listen to the cues, listen to the whispers that your body's giving you, is super key. And the truth is, is, is even if it's like new, it, it it's okay if it's new, but on the other side of new and discovery is the ability to work through. But that it's just because you feel something doesn't mean you're defined by it. Yeah. So I did, I did a lot of EMDR sessions today. Good and, for you. And uh, yeah, I love it. And but in those EMDR sessions, EMDR is so there's so much of this in there where we're constantly checking in with their body. You know, where is that energy? Where are you feeling that? How are how are you feeling it? Um, and, and they'll say it's in my chest or it's in my throat or in my in my head. Um, and and they'll notice it there in their body that that energy during EMDR. There, there's a there's an important book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. So so um, good. Yeah, and it, so heavy. It, it really it gets heavy. into depth about what we're talking about today. So that, that's a good resource. So, anyways, super good. Kobe and I did not start practicing mindfulness until later on in recovery, probably a year, two years. I don't remember. And I was telling Brandon, I wish that we could start, you know, I wish there was a checklist, right? And we could just tell you guys, first do this, then do that, then do this. Or we could just do it all at once because mindfulness really changed things for us. Mm -hmm. And yet it took us so long to get there. Yes. For sure. So this week what we'll do, Ashlyn, is we'll we'll hop on and we'll share um, kind of like some of the first beginning steps of how to um, identify emotions how to um, use the feeling well as a prompt to identify what emotions you're feeling, how, how to properly use that, and also how to pay attention to what your what what your body could be speak to, like telling you right. as you go through that. We'll do that on Patreon this week, and I will, in really simple terms, give some DBT skills, dialectical behavioral therapy skills. Um, now she ha- speak to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a type of therapy. It's not as complicated as it sounds. But she has specific skills that break down how to identify emotions, how to get mindful um, with your with your body, and so that you can regulate your emotions better. So I'll I'll break some of those down on Patreon yeah. this week. It's uh, so. this is really cool stuff. I love it. So Ash, anything else? No, that's Kay. it, guys. Thanks get for being mindful. here. Leave right. a review if you can, guys. Hop on to the podcast app and uh, appreciate you being here. See you guys. Peace out.